Welcome to Maelstrom Radio Presents, Here With Me, a series about the stories people want to share about their journeys with mental illness, trauma, and negative thoughts. We are not professionals, nor are we a substitute for their professional diagnosis or treatments. Please enjoy, Here With Me. Welcome, everybody. Uh, today, uh, in this episode, I have Zahn with me uh, to discuss uh, mental health uh, from both the aspect of somebody who uh, has had mental health issues and also works in the mental health field. Am I correct? Yes, that's right. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Zahn uh, go ahead and take the floor and uh, tell us uh, his journey slash story, and uh, we'll, we'll break into discussion there. Go, go ahead, sir. Well, I think like um, most people, my uh, sense to, as I call darkness in regards to depression, started out in situations that were kind of beyond my control. Um, as a child, my parents divorced pretty early, so my youngest memories are from going house to house. And eventually, um, my mom moved away, and then my dad couldn't afford to take care of me, so I ended up moving completely across the country to live with my grandparents in Hawaii. And then we ended up moving around a few more times until my grandfather died. And then I moved back in with my dad. And at the time, uh, his girlfriend, which by um, state laws in Pennsylvania, they became like uh, legally married in that sense. So it was like my stepmother at this point. Um, and she was supposed to be like one of those devout Christians. So that was... I believe she always tried to push on me, but um, it started out all right. And then gradually things um, started to decline between our relationship. Uh, I would start to get blamed for things, you know, I had no, no hand in doing like uh, something breaking in the house and blame me for it. Um, and then, yeah, the biggest thing was if I started having uh, like any kind of bad grade, she um would have like these screaming sessions. So it began as that was kind of like the course that gradually escalated through my childhood is that she would have these screaming sessions and ground me for a week, months at a time from doing anything that I like to do. And then as I grew older, my dad started getting in on that till the point where um I remember one time. It was such an explosive uh, episode where I was, you know, literally in the corner of my room, like cowering in fear because my dad was smashing things, flipping stuff over in my room and yelling at me along with my stepmother at the time. So it was uh, probably about the time that I was eight until uh, 14, I think, is whenever I had to deal with um, my stepmother and those situations gradually getting worse. Um, and then increasing in different ways of being berated, um, you know, just like at holiday events, like I would get yelled at in front of my entire family for 
stupid thing. Uh, there was even a time where um, I did something or I didn't do something right away, so I got grounded for it till I apologized. And I thought it was so dumb that I was angry and I didn't apologize for three days. And when I finally did, the next morning as I'm leaving for school, my ex-stepmother left me a note talking. It was like a four-page long note just talking about you know, what a trash person I was. I'd only ever breed trash. I'd never amount to anything. And uh, eventually it started getting to the point where I finally like talked to my then best friend. I had him come over and it was to the point where I just, I didn't want to live anymore because I was just so miserable. And it was also in that time where uh, I began to take not so healthy outlets like a, like a self-harm basically just because it was kind of um it was kind of a release from pain you know just like a kind of escape um but you know he was a teenager too in the early 2000s so he didn't really know how to handle that kind of information and then nothing ever really went anywhere and then even later on in my teenage years when i tried to reach out to other people for help and other friends uh, eventually got to the point where my parents took the phones out of the house so I couldn't contact my family members, my friends, and I would be grounded to the house except for school. So basically, I ended up kind of like on my own dealing with the situation. Um, and it finally boiled over when um, I got accused of plotting to run away <laughs> and I was taken to a hospital to be evaluated for psychiatric admission. And I remember being so angry that I didn't even talk to my parents at the time for, um, I think, five days. And the minimum I had to be there was three. And then when we finally started talking, I don't think I left for like a week till we came to some kind of resolution. Uh, and my dad was the only one who was there at the time. He didn't, uh, my ex-stepmother then didn't really want to participate, I guess. But I think it was kind of at that point where it was just a situation beyond fixing because when I got discharged and I got, or I agreed to be discharged rather. And, um, I went home with my dad. The first thing I told him I got in the car is I'm going to kill her because it was just, it was a breaking point. You know, someone who was flat out making up stories to impact your life and get you sent away. Basically, you know, after years and years of this kind of mental abuse, you know, but luckily for me, you know, before I even began to formulate any kind of plan, by the time I got home from school the next day, she was gone, and that was it. It was it was over. She was gone for good, and I thought things were all right, you know. But my dad and I didn't really get along after that, um, and I began seeking. I guess what I had been missing through a lot of my childhood was that feeling of affection. So I started going into like desperate relationships and um i ended up blowing a dual enrollment career track because um i uh ended up running off to another state and dropping out of school basically to live with some girl and uh that kind of reckless behavior continued until i was probably about 20 something and I did that with another person. But luckily, you know, I had, um, you know, family members that tolerated my uh, 
how best to describe my fluctuations of emotion during because during that time it's you know you whenever you feel like you're not in control sometimes it's only natural to react with anger because it's the only way you feel like you can get any or you can try to have some control but Luckily, you know, I had either someone looking out for me and keeping me safe in these situations and then my family, you know, bailing me out and taking me back basically so that I could not end up, you know, like in a ditch somewhere. There was at one point where I could have been stuck on the streets of Detroit in the middle of winter <laughs> with like no belongings, but um, I got pulled out of that. Um and this kind of this whole period lasted until I was probably about like 24, so from, uh, it's reckless behavior from about 16 to 24, and it's hard to really bring to words even after I stopped kind of pursuing the desperate relationship thing. Is just I would go in and out of lengthy bouts of depression where I just didn't want to do anything. You know, I felt suicidal quite frequently where I was eagerly wanting to die, but you know, I was smart enough to not try, you know, some of the more conventional things like people think of, like, you know, overdosing on the medication or um, just just simple or even cutting like that. Because sometimes those things really aren't guaranteed and you can end up just hurting yourself a lot more. So I just kind of I guess I never really had the nerve to go through with it. And, you know, there were plenty of times where I would just stay awake at night um constantly like self-defeating myself in my own mind my thoughts basically my worst enemy so and like i guess that's where i started developing like a a detachment from people as well so i started becoming socially withdrawn you know i get i still sometimes get anxiety in large crowds just because i'm i'm nervous about being around people i don't know like i have a small comfort zone kind of thing but i've been working to try to expand that as I've started to get better, um, which finally really started after um, I kind of started reaching another breaking point with my mental health, where I started developing physical signs as a symptom of anxiety, like, um, like a racing pulse when I'm, you know, just sitting down and, you know, you think you're, nothing's bothering you, but your pulse is like, you know, 120 and your heart feel like palpitations in your heart. So it was that point where I was like, I had to go talk to somebody because it was starting to interfere with me, my being able to work. And when I finally talked to my doctor about it, she said, um, you know, it's a really good thing that you came talked about this because most people, especially men have a hard time, you know, admitting to something like this. So I'm on like a small dose medication now and it, it works pretty good. You know, like, don't really have the anxiety or the depressions down. So, I mean, it's been, it's been quite a journey for a long time, but I guess, you know, if I had the proper resources sooner or even the know-how, I probably could have done better, but, um, yeah, my advice, I guess, just, you know, if, if you're going through something like that, be sure to, to reach out or if you know someone who seems very withdrawn you know they're not enjoying things they normally used to enjoy you know be sure to check on them make sure because you never know um 
my fiance and I actually had a brush with the uh, being on the tail end of someone being suicidal recently. And um, it was clear out of the blue for, for us. I mean, granted, a uh, person lived several states away, so we didn't see them all the time. But, you know, from what we, our interactions were, we had no idea that this kind of thing was brewing. It's just, there's, there was probably signs. They're just so mundane and, you know, something people don't normally think twice about. And then next thing you know, the person gone. And um, I'm glad that I never went through with something like that because the feeling of being on the receiving end of knowing someone like part of your family that does that, it, it's indescribable. It's such a such a shock feeling of loss that it I can't really accurately put it into words just how it makes me feel. But so if you know someone who's you know having difficulties, it's not not something to be ashamed about. You know, mental health is part of everyone's wellness and it's something that you should definitely want to take care of because it can manifest in the physical symptoms and you don't want that for sure. I, uh, from hearing, hearing your story, um, you know, I, I, I could take some pieces out of it and relate it to mine as well. You know, very much, um, you know, my parents didn't, didn't was it a st- stable marriage? You know, I didn't have a great relationship with my father. Um, you know, and, and much like you, I didn't seek the proper help, you know, until recently. And it is, it's, you get desensitized. You really do get desensitized about like what normal is. Like you don't, until you stop to think about like, are my actions and what I'm doing day to day normal compared to what, what like, you know, like, you know, when I say normal, just for the listeners, you know, I know everybody has their own different version of what normal is, but if it can't be wake up, you know, wake up, take a shower, go to work, live a life and, and have some form of happiness. I bet you're over there like me, you know, if you're trying to figure out how to like not have people in your life, then, then you got to question if what I'm doing is actually mentally okay. Um, and like, even though you went through the, you know, the, the rough childhood and, and growing up with it, you did, you know, you, you started to escape and find outlets. Uh, did you feel, did you feel at any point where these outlets and like, like, like skipping out on like things that could have benefited your life? Did you feel that it was just not like there was, there seems to be a small theme. So I'm just curious. Did you ever feel there was like a small voice deep down saying like, don't do this. Like there was like this, something in you trying to spark like normality or life back into you. Mm. I think there's always been that kind of calling where I, you know, want to be a part of like a community in a sense, you know, have friends that it was, I think a lot of it was like I had, I had a lot of regrets because I had a I had a pretty solid group of friends where I used to live, up in Pennsylvania, and um, I ended up just tossing that out the window with when I started making my reckless decisions. And in hindsight, that was was a dumb thing, 
So I'd always kind of wanted to get back to that sort of thing. But the regrets, I think, at the same time were always pulling me back and forth between what I wanted to do and what, what I had lost out on. Have you ever tried to go and make amends with any of those people? Yeah, I am. Um, I tried, but I think, you know, <laughs> you know, several years after the fact, high school was over then, a lot of people had moved on. Um, I talked to a few of them for a little while. Um, uh, you know, gradually that dissipated down over the years, though. Uh, I think the biggest regret that I have, though, still is, um, you know, losing out on my best friend that I had since fourth grade. Um, he was a really good guy. He still is. I mean, I remember when, um, you know, I guess he he was so, um, I, I don't know if he would be mad at me for disclosing this, but uh, he um, he was so nervous about um, coming out to me that he had another friend be like kind of an in-between. And I was like, man, it's no problem. You no, know, we we were that we were that close. So, and then after that, you know, we were still pretty good friends. We hung out quite a lot till like I started getting into that reckless phase, and then I was just all over the place and not not giving proper attention to the relationships that I had. Do you? I mean, not and and not knowing the. Um... Do you feel that um uh, do you feel that if you tried to make an attempt now to try to rekindle that friendship uh do you think it would benefit you in a positive way if you sat down and explained to him like everything that happened and I mean considering like he went to you to to even if even if he had a go between, he still went to you to tell you, and you said, "Hey, I completely understand." Do you think going back to him now and sitting down with him and saying, "Listen, just like you sat down with me, I'm going to sit down with you," and this is you know X, Y, and Z, and I'd like to have that you know a friendship again. Granted, it would never be the same, but it could be something new and something better. And do you think that would be something you'd look at, you know, reaching out to him for? Mm. That's a good question. I think the distance between us now would probably make it a little difficult to have the same or even a, a like relationship, a friendship again. But uh, as long as he's doing all right, I think I would be okay. I um I spent a lot of time trying to get over the regrets that I had and kind of move on from that whole chapter of my life. You know, I realized uh, the last time I was up there visiting, I tried to, you know, go and stop by and see a few people and um, I couldn't even get responses from half of them. So I just kind of was like, okay, they've moved on. So I need to do that too. I, most of the reason I ask is because I, I I wonder, and I I and I can I can't twist your arm, but for for me, I wonder would would you be willing just to reach out to him? I mean, distance. I mean, I think today in the internet, the the realm of the internet, I think distance is as as 
distance is a thing we under i understand like like there's still time between travel but i think in the world of the internet and discord and and phones and and texting and everything like that i think it's entirely possible that you could have that that friendship again especially if you considered him you know very very close um i'm just i'm just maybe playing a little bit of a devil's advocate (laughs) on this one Um, that's all right um It'd be worth a try because I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there who might be in the same boat as you and they might be thinking like maybe, you know, should I also just move on? And I'm and, and to be, you know, far be for me to say yay or nay on moving on, like if you feel like if it's the right thing to do, absolutely. But I, I don't think there's no harm in trying if 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 they they meant a lot to you especially if they mean a lot to you i think is just see because to me i think they're especially as people grow and change there's always there's always room for new first impressions that's true i I suppose if i could ever find a a way to contact him again i would uh, try to reach out and see how he's doing at least Facebook's a wonderful thing, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I originally had contact with him before, but then uh, I think he deleted his profile several years ago. So I'd have to see if he resurfaced. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you do do that, I do wish you luck. Uh, I do do have some some questions, though, because you do work in the mental field. Uh, What do you do do in in terms of uh, your work? In terms of uh, what I do, exactly? Yeah, yeah. Um, really, I'm just kind of like a lowly CNA level person. So it's a a lot of just basic care kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I'm not like a therapist or anything like like that. But even still, like, just because you're not a therapist doesn't mean you can't sit down and talk to somebody, listen to their problems. And a lot of times, you know, that's all people really want is they just want someone to listen to them and understand, you know, empathize with their problem. And then, you know, do what you can just to kind of make them comfortable as best you can in the situation they're in. Because I work in a facility that basically um, it receives people at their worst in their in a mental health state. So they, um, you know, sometimes you don't see people at their best there or even. It's hard to really <laughs> explain in totality. No, 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 no it, 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 it makes sense to me. Uh I, I I get it. Like, so let me let me ask you this: Do mm-hmm. you, do you feel that? I mean, the most important part of it is that even if people feel like, hey, I I, sh- I don't want the help, or I, sh- I I don't need uh, the help, or I shouldn't seek help. Um, do you feel that it's it's still important for them to to attempt to just even if it's just to go to therapy and just to talk, like? Not necessarily try to like work out everything, even if it's just to go meet with somebody, you know, twice, once a month, twice a week, you know, whatever it is, just to just to talk, just to get to open up that line of communication. How important do you think that is? I'd say it's very important because sometimes even just venting, talking about what, you know, what ails you, what bothers you can be treatment that you need to help get things off your chest. Um yeah. I mean, I think if I had someone to talk to more so growing up, I and would listen as well. Uh, I would um 
probably have reached a less frustrated state with my childhood. But yeah, definitely, you know, don't don't be afraid to go talk to somebody because, you know, a lot of people there is a, there's a very large stigmatism attached to mental health, you know, because people think, oh, you know, he's got a mental health problem. You're a psychopath, some, something like that. You know, not everyone who has mental health problem, you know, that that's the extreme end of the spectrum when you, you have people like that and they need help just as much as anybody else. But where I work, the most important thing is like a bad day can land anybody there. You know, you say the wrong thing in front of somebody and the next thing you know, the police come, they get you. You know, a lot of, I think a lot of states have like a mandatory um, evaluation if, you know, you say like you're going to kill yourself or, you know, basically if you're deemed a threat to yourself or others, they can, you know, take a judgment call based off of the situation and have you go somewhere to get help. And you may not like it, but in those situations, you know, sometimes these people really do need the help. Like they're on the verge of, you know, really doing harm to themselves, making a really bad life choice. So it's it's important to be mindful of your mental health the situation before it deteriorates to something like that. Yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. Like it's you know, there's a lot of people that, and I'll use myself as an example where I, I went for years. I like, I went like a, you know, 10 plus years and I just kept telling myself like, I'll go get the help. Right. I would always tell myself, I'm going to go get help. This is it. I'm going to go get the help. And I would make an effort. Like I'd make a small effort. Like I'd go find a therapist and I would sit down and then I would stop. Right. Like I'd go only go for like three or four sessions. And I would stop because I would tell myself, yeah, like it, like I didn't feel like it was working or like I, I wanted results ASAP or I wasn't, or I wasn't willing to put the work like there's, and there's a little, and I think that's sometimes a, an unknown truth about it, that there is like, there's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Like it's, it's absolutely worth it. Like, don't be lazy about it, but like, there's this unknown, like just, you have to put some work, some hustle in on your side to, to want to be better. Um, and I think that that's important to let people know just that, that little bit of extra oomph on your end is so worth it. Like just make any, even if it's just small changes as you're going through therapy or going and, or, or, you know, going to see a psychiatrist to, you know, even for medication is it's making smaller changes along the way to start benefiting other part other facets of your life like all right i i you know i'm gonna start talking but also i'm gonna start doing a 20 minute walk every day and getting out of the house for 20 minutes and i think those little little those little extra things will benefit you in the long run and get you out of any not i'm gonna say it's like a permanent solution but it'll start to help push you towards working on bettering yourself um and that's something you can start now with with before you even go to therapy. Like if you just if you're always inside your house, just say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm going to make an attempt once a day to go out and walk 20 minutes around my neighborhood. And it's just something. It's a goal. It's a thing. And it's those little little things, I think, help benefit everyone in the long run because it's those little bits of work. And they seem like small things can seem like big feats sometimes. Right. 
So, and then when you, but when you start doing it every day and it becomes your, your normal, you start to take away from that desensitization or that desensitized (laughs) thought process and what your normal is and, and start to fill it in the gaps with new things. Yeah, that's, um, well, even that, and then just exercise being active in general can be good for your mental health because it gets your body going. Um, but yeah, I, um, had, had a similar mindset where I, I didn't want to get, well, not entirely similar to yours, but, um, my mindset was, I always thought that my problems were more mental, that a a medication wouldn't be a cure-all. And I guess that's, it could be for most most people is that it's going to be a process you have to get through mentally especially if you've been in a rut for a long time it's not going to be you know a quick fix for me you know even when i thought that i was out of the rut like i was still having episodes of depression uh anxiety until, until like i said when it started boiling over to becoming a physical symptom and that's when i you know needed to go talk to someone saying hey this is going on you know um i need help with this you know, i got a medication to help me cope with those things so it's nothing to really it's nothing to be ashamed about but at the same time it's like it's not going to be an gratification you gotta like you said put in the effort you know even small goals you know or even that's one thing that's been really nice about final fantasy is like especially in the raid setting you know you work with a group of people and trying to you know i like raiding a lot so i like i like the feeling of beating that the the fourth tier boss and it's such a rush you know because you work so hard to do it and you know when you finally do it it's like a big goal you've achieved and you feel good about it i i I agree i think having um things like final fantasy 14 and and gaming like online gaming in general like I was always a big proponent, even in my darkest times, and and I'll even say it as as this like, um, like when I play when I first started playing MMOs, I was doing, um, I played WoW, and like I you know as much as I liked the the human interaction that I was getting, even though it was, for me I needed, as much as I was trying to push people away, it it filled that void for me, and it, it yeah. And for me, it you know, I could have said easily this was my excuse to to not deal with people <laughs> in a sense of other ways. But when you start to break past that and you go to stuff like FanFest and you start to break out of your your um, your shell and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to FanFest and meet these people that I raid with or meet my FC and meet my friends that's that's when you take that next step and it's say this now it's becoming real um you know it's not just these are the people i, I game with now it's these are my friends and i'm meeting them and i'm gonna go to the fan fest i'm gonna go to KuboCon, whatever it is you know KuboCon or some convention we're gonna meet up or in the, all in the same state whatever the case is and you know and i think that's something at least now in 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 this generation that is entirely possible which i don't think was impossible like i think even when like at least when my parents were growing up or it's you know it it, i mean we we were raised on the you know the uh the generation of the internet so we we got lucky (laughs) so (laughs) um 
So, I mean, and if anybody's using the game as a way to fill in that gap of needing or wanting people, you know, make sure that you also are not neglecting the IRL part of it too. Like the game is great. I will always like, I was, I would say the best community, Final Fantasy 14 has got one of the best communities. Um, but always make sure you're still on your, the, the IRL you is still making sure that you're doing what's needed for you. You, <laughs> so you, you, yeah. you can live the best life that you can be having, <laughs> not just your character. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. I finally got to attend my first fan fest. I was able to afford it this last year in um, Las Vegas. So I got to meet uh, my free company members some of my raid raid team. And um, I got to say it was a, it was quite a big step going out and, um, you know, meeting people that, you know, from the internet that, you know, cause you hear a lot, used to hear a lot of horror stories about people on the internet, but now it's like a lot more of a common thing. You know, you go meet up with people's deal and we had a lot of fun. It was um, it's a good experience. And then, you know, even at the fan fest itself, you know, there was the whole situation with the tickets, you mm-hmm. know, how they sold out or no, the, the website went down like right as they were supposed to come up. And then a minute later, like all the tickets had sold and people who were there, like kind of like quote first, but they didn't get theirs. So there's a lot of people there, uh, myself included, <laughs> where there was the, I think it was the, the infamous yellow sign they were holding up you know saying hey if you've got extra tickets come talk to me and then you know i remember sitting there and some people were coming up and just like here yeah here's an extra ticket for like you know not even selling it i mean there was like i encountered one bad egg there but um that was a minority i'd say for a lot of people who came up and they were just like you know hey here you know you can have a ticket or hey i'll see you to at a discount price so it was a really good community and then people were sitting there talking you know just carrying on like normal people like even waiting in line for stuff um when you got together for the the challenges you know you work you get to talk with people work things out in a public public setting so it was like duty finder but in real life and it wasn't that bad you know and it brings a perspective that you know there's other real people on the other side of the monitor playing the game so there is a level of human interaction there still and like you said, in the age of the internet, we have the capacity to be, you know, friends with somebody on the other side of the world over in Europe or Japan. And I think that's a, I think that really kind of broadens horizons in a sense. I mean, obviously it's not the same as meeting people in real life, but there's still a touch of that humanity there. It's where you can still get your social interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, with the interaction part, the, the game, uh, your, your story, do you feel that now where you're at, um, considering your past, you are in a much better, I mean, to me, you know, I feel like we're always growing every day and and we're not the same person we were yesterday but do you feel that you're you're constantly growing and you're feeling like every day is just like hey new day better day better's on (laughs) like do you feel like like that's the case honestly that's kind of been part of my 
core belief system or one of my core beliefs since I was younger. Because I remember when I was younger and uh, I found out, you know, hey, you know, like 50% of marriages end in divorce and people are a bunch of cheaters. And I'm like, whoa, that's uh, that's terrible. So I'm going to aim to be better than that. And I don't know how, but I think over the years that kind of developed rather than just being better than being, you know, a cheater or, um, you know, not working on a relationship to the point where it ends in a divorce. It ended up being like working on being a better person in general. Mm-hmm. So it's always been my goal to try and improve as best I can and make sure and, uh, you know, try to make sure that when I make a mistake that I'm learning from it so that I don't keep repeating it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get that. Sadly, I've made many, many a repetitive mistake before I got help. So uh, it's, it's and that's OK. You know, sometimes it takes the mistake to for us to learn something and we might we might fail a few times, but that's just part of that's just part of the process. It is. It is definitely part of the process um, to find to to have that impetus to 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 help you go get help is great. Sometimes it could be a person. Sometimes it could be an action. Uh, you know, I, to me, I, I carry what I did with me, but not as. And I I used to do it, but I used to beat myself up over it, which isn't healthy. Now I still I still carry those things, but as reminders of where I don't want to be again and the actions I don't want to take again. Um, and I think yeah, that's absolutely. that's imp- important for me to hold on to those things and be like, all right, the, I'm not beating myself up anymore. But it sucks that I did that, and it you know, but I'm not I'm not going to blame myself. But I am going to constantly remind myself every day, like, all right. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Be the better guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, we're coming up, you know, close to the 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 forty minute mark here. Uh, did oh you, wow already? Yeah, I, I'm telling you, it goes quick. <laughs> it goes quick. Uh, did you wanna? I, I don't know if you have anything to plug. I, I, <laughs> uh, but if you have something to plug, you can plug it. <laughs> the plug. Uh, yeah, like if you do a show, Twitch channel, do you have a Twitch channel? You want to? Oh, oh no, not really. No, all right. <laughs> I had always wanted to get into something like that, but I just never invested the time into it. All right. Do you have a Twitter account maybe or Instagram, like something for like anything like that? Nothing. All right. Well, um, I have a YouTube, but I haven't really uploaded anything in years. So <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I have up there, I think from like Final Fantasy 11. Hey, hey, go check it out. Just plug it real quick. Let's, let's see if you get a couple of hits. Let's see if you get a couple. Uh, space, just my name, Zonax Exe on YouTube. So yeah, there you go. Go check it out. Go check out his Final Fantasy Eleven videos. <laughs> Some I mean, of the old school level yeah. seventy five caps clears and stuff. There you go. You never know. Some of you are like, "This is dope. This is a good guy." <laughs> get a, get my old school yeah. video editing skills. <laughs> <laughs> or not even really skills, just uh, what was it? Windows Movie well, Maker. I was going to say Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, who I, knows? Maybe I'll get around to working on some 14 stuff at some point. There you go. Uh, I, I As always on the episodes, we want to make sure that we, we let po- folks know that, um, uh, you know, I, myself, I'm not a therapist. I am not licensed. I am not giving you any sort of like legitimate advice i can just tell you like go seek proper help uh and go seek a professional 
Um, and as we said before, if you're in a country that offers free healthcare, please take advantage of it. Go and, and seek and, and, you know, take that first step, make that call um, and, and go get it. And if you need a friend there, ask them. They'll be there for you. And if you are in the States, um, you know, as uh, you know, as we know, there is different levels of um, help for all different uh, incomes and you seek what your state has available for you. And if you have insurance, go ahead and use that um, and get the help you need. Uh, You are completely worth it. And I don't think anyone that has talked to me today uh, would say anything different. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, well, even, you know, like I said earlier on, if you know someone going through a rough patch or you, you see them socially withdrawn, just kind of be be aware of like some kind of the more mundane symptoms of which you might not think twice about that it could be a precursor to something much worse, you know, about to happen. I mean, you look at, um, was it Chester Bennington, I believe, the Lincoln Park singer, mm-hmm. and then Rob, Robin Williams even, you know, they, you know, the day before Chester died, he had a, they put up a video where he just seemed so happy. He was having a great time. I mean, I understand he struggled with depression for years from what I read, and but still it, they said it just came out of the blue for them and then the same thing with robin williams you know he was such a such a happy smiling face and then you know sometimes i think it's it's the people who can be seem the happiest that they might actually be just trying to cover for something bothering them down inside so just be aware of certain things you know listen to people sometimes that's all it really takes is just sitting down you know if they have something they want to get off their chest talk with them a lot of times that's all people really need is they just want someone to talk to and that, that helps them get through the day. So base, just be there for people if they really need it. That sort of thing. I, I couldn't agree more. Zon, thank you for joining me for this talk. Uh, I appreciate- oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, thank you for reaching out. I, you, you saw the post and uh, you were like, hey. <laughs> so... Um, and- yeah, I, um, since I started working where I'm at, you know, it's become more and more of a vested interest because it's personal. Yeah. You know, so trying to help people more as best I can, you know, even if it's just sharing a story, sharing little tidbits of personal advice, you know, I like being able to give back a little bit. Thank you, sir. I, agree. I appreciate your thank time. Thank you. And. Uh, you can go, like I said, you can go check Zahn out at his uh, YouTube channel and, you know, give him a follow and, and see, see, wait, you know, patiently wait for the Final Fantasy fourteen stuff to vote. But in the meantime, <laughs> watch that old school loving content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, you can find uh, us over at maelstromradio.com and, of course, on Twitter at maelstrom underscore radio. Our DMs are open. Uh, our e- emails at show at maelstromradio.com. So if you have any questions, you need to reach out, even just to to have a chat with us. We will, you know, it's open. We we are here for you as well. Uh, thank you, and have a good one. Thank you for listening to Here with Me. 
Please stay tuned for more episodes in the series.